0: to Entrepreneur's guide, Survival Guide, Yelena, it's brilliant to have you on. In today's episode, Yelena's with us here today to talk about how she's passionate about helping aspiring professionals thrive in the careers that they love. So welcome. It's great Thank to have you. you with us.
1: Thank you, so Martin.
0: Pleasure. Let's get started. Tell us a little bit about how do you help people um, find the careers they love? What are the sort of challenges that they come to you with? Mm -hmm.
1: right Um, the sort of challenges um, they're different but I'd say they fall in a few main categories Um, I'm seeing a lot more people these days who have been in the careers or jobs that they used to love or they were okay with but for whatever reason uh, over the time they realize that this is not really their passion they don't feel fulfilled anymore Uh, what's more, they're not making the impact. I'm getting more and more people who want to make an impact on others, on the society, um, you know, to reverse the climate change, any of these big goals. I really get the sense that more and more people are getting engaged into looking for impact, looking for purpose, rather than just being driven by, you know, comfort or monetary rewards or any sort of external perceived um, elements of a successful career I also get clients who um, have either experienced redundancy or have left work for a variety of reasons some of them may have had traumatic experiences you know in workplace unfortunately that happens as well um, and yeah there are in in that category in terms of also coming from the place of not working or unemployment. I've had the number of ladies, mums, returning to workplace. So that was also very interesting in terms of, um, you know, working on helping their confidence and kind of getting them to remember what they're capable of. Because um, if we're out of a workplace for a while, we we tend to forget and we um, kind of associate ourselves with whatever our life is currently at at this moment. So it could be really any scenario, uh, but generally I'd say people I work with, for whatever reason, are not happy with their present situation. They're not fulfilled, they either are not working or they're in a job that really doesn't resonate with them um, and they want to change. Now there's, there's a difference between wanting a change and really being ready to embark upon this exciting sometimes difficult journey of coaching exploration and and really driving this change
0: okay so there's something that's happened occurred and i want something more but that future is unknown and i'm probably a little bit scared and afraid of taking that step Mm -hmm. because i see a lot of people that stay in a job or a career or keep running their own business even just because it's their comfort zone. So when I'm feeling that fear, what's the first step that I kind of have to think about to start making that change? Okay.
1: Well, the the first part of of my coaching process is always around clarifying um, the underlying motives and things like core values, career-related values their strengths and skills and competencies, but also any areas for development, what motivates them, what drives them. So there's a bulk of things that we explore. I call this um, part unwrapping your gifts because a lot of coaches, career coaches, with all due respect, and there's loads of fantastic coaches, they would focus on the, the last bit, which is the packaging. The LinkedIn, the CV, the interviews, the, the applications, if we're talking about job search and job hunting for, for employment. but that is really the packaging, but how can you package something if you're really not clear about what's, you know, what's the core, what's the present, what's the gift that you're packaging? So this is what we um, these are the first steps, really going deeper into uh, uncovering all of that getting it out in the open, building self-awareness around that. That to me is a crucial step to getting confidence as well. Because again, how can you be confident about something if you don't know what that is? So getting as clear as possible on your strengths, skills, competencies, but also what drives you, what motivates you, what matters to you, what your values are. I call them non-negotiables. In other words, I have to have this. Right. Because a lot of people embark upon careers or jobs or they fall into them or even within their own business, if they're entrepreneurs, without really um, maybe they're intuitively aware of their core values. But sometimes they're, they're not. And then they, they end up being, um, you know, doing the work that doesn't align with their core values. And that's where something, something's not working. They're not fulfilled, but they can't quite put a finger on it. So this, is, this would be the first step, absolutely crucial, building clarity, which then results in more confidence. And then from there, we build a direction or a focus.
0: Okay, so unwrapping the gift to get the mm-hmm. core values. And mm-hmm. I can imagine, yeah, like you say, some people go, I'm not happy in my current position, and then just start job searching, and mm-hmm. something um, has a lot of zeros after it, and it's like, right, yeah, fab, I'm going to go for that it's the very easy thing to observe I guess and you mentioned core values a couple of times there what what Mm -hmm. is a core value to you? Okay Uh,
1: well um, there's a lot of debate about how we actually develop our core values. Um, One of the the sure sort of answers or sources of of values is from our early sort of early years of conditioning Basically, the moment we get born, we start taking impressions from the external world, notably from our parents when we are very young. So our parents or carers are our first source of values. And we, as very little infants, we observe. And as they say, for people who have kids, they will know your child will do what they see you doing, not what you tell them to do. Um, So this is how we we start picking up these values from from behaviours of the people that are really important to us. Obviously, you know, whoever is the closest to us as we're growing up. And then we also start picking up values from our peers, teachers, um, you know, family, relatives, all these important figures in our life as we grow up. And then, of course, there's the influence of, of the society, of the community and the society. These days, even celebrities, mind you. All of these sources of, of information impact upon us. Um, and as we grow up and go through the socialization period, we, we start building our own value system, which throughout life, you know, it, it can change. It can fluctuate a little bit, but some of the core things normally don't change. So it's about realizing what these important things are. And as you said, for some people, you know, for example, um, say I have a client and one of the top values that came through is security and loyalty. And then when you look at his background, you will see that he's been in one job with one company for the last 15 years, right? Now he's preparing for a change. But the major bulk of work will be around that um, kind of bridging that gap and, Showing him that, yeah, he can have the, you know, the security and loyalty, perhaps in a different workplace, which is more suitable to him. But there will be a period of time which will be insecure or uncertain. So dealing with, you know, um, with bridging of of these gaps or or, or periods. I would just add that for for entrepreneurs and people who run their own businesses, because they do have clients, actually, that transition into self-employment. So I would facilitate that. Um, it's really important, as well, of course, to be aware of your core values. But then, in relation to your business, and ask yourself, how does my business or what I'm doing, how does it reflect my core values? Am I embodying my core values? You know, if if some of my core values are, uh, for example, um, service orientation, you know, am I am I emanating this in my day-to-day life and through my business? Um, So it it is really important to, to build awareness around that because then the exterior, whatever it is that you're doing, will be in agreement, in alignment
0: with that. Okay, so it's about those values is intrinsically in there somewhere because they happen in the unconscious mind. They're driving us either away or to something, but we don't know how that's working. And, and one of the key components, whether it's working with a coach like yourself or just by yourself, um, trying to reflect on life, it's bringing that to the forefront of the conscious mind. So yes. that you can understand that and then utilize it to de- design a life and a career that works for you. That'd that Absolutely. Be right? Absolutely.
1: Yes, I I totally agree with that. And there's a variety of tools and worksheets and exercises that are used, even guided journeys and meditations, all sorts of things. Because I like, as a coach, I like working holistically with the person. And I I maintain that we all have a physical, mental, emotional and spiritual body. That's something I learned from my spiritual teacher way back. And I like to address all of these aspects of a person. So it's tapping into all of that to get, you know, the non-negotiables, what really matters to us. One thing that I like to use as an exercise, I'll share very briefly, is I would ask, and that's what I do when I do some talks and workshops, I would ask the audience to think about an event or a person that really, really upset them, like something that, you know, made them extremely angry or upset. And then think back to that event or person and see what it is that actually happened. And, you know, if someone let them down or lied to them or betrayed them and so forth, you know, whatever these qualities are, at the opposite end of the spectrum, there will be the core values of trust, loyalty, friendship, transparency, whatever it is. I mean, these are some basic ones that we all have, but then we can go deeper into that. But the whole point here is that we tend to react um in such a way like really you know with strong emotions upset anger hurt uh resentment uh and similar when someone steps on our core values that's the reason that's why i call them also non-negotiables because we are always we're ready to protect our core values at at all times
0: okay yep yeah, get that so like when i hold a door open for somebody and they walk through and they don't say thank you that, that triggers me straight away, because uh, go. <laughs> because good manners is important to me. Which, as you yeah. mentioned earlier, would have been ingrained to me from my mother, <laughs> good or bad. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely,
1: very important. And then also based on that, you will be looking to perhaps work with people or surround yourself with people who share the same value, and therefore your communication will be easier, and it'll be easier for you to build, you know, to work on common goals.
0: Yeah. And can I expect to achieve all my core values in a career or my business? Or do I have to accept that I can only tick the boxes of some of my core values in my in my career or uh, business?
1: Wow, that's a brilliant question. <laughs> Thank you for this. This made me really uh, stand on my toes. Right. Um, I generally i I believe I'm a balanced person, and I always advocate balance. in other words, anything that is too much to one side can you know can kind of transcend into a different quality into an extreme. So I would say realistically looking at things, yes, we need to be aware of our core values and we need to pursue them, uh, but realistically it's it's possible that we'll have to you know compromise somewhere a little bit Uh, I don't think that anyone has everything cut out for them in in an ideal sort of utopian um, you know world Um, so it is really being realistic about it but also being very aware about okay so what are these points or or values or or bits that matter to me that I can actually compromise a little bit because sometimes you have to do a trade-off for example, I have clients who worked, say, in the financial services or consulting for many years. So they they're used to earning really, um, you know, high end uh, salaries. Yeah. So they want to transition into something else, perhaps self employment or you know a different line of work, and and yet they would quite like to maintain the same lifestyle. Whereas in reality, when we explore what matters to them and what really fires them up, what makes their heart sing. You know, it could be something that is not going to bring them that sort of financial reward, or at least not immediately for sure. And then it's about figuring out okay, so what is more important here for me? Um, So, in that sense, yeah, it may be necessary to do, to compromise a bit, to have some adjustments, but I wouldn't advise anyone to compromise a lot of their core values. You know, if if life is giving them clear signals that that's not for them, and you know they should move.
0: Okay, so again, it's the top priority of values that are really vitally important. Would you recommend that somebody puts because your values can go on forever, right? You could you could list mm-hmm. tens, of, if not hundreds, of values that are important to you in life. How many would you recommend a top five or a top ten? That are like the non-negotiables that really link in with your gift that you need to unwrap. As,
1: as a matter of fact, I have a, I have an exercise, and I'll be happy to share with um, you know your your audience if they contact me. Um, it's it's like a workbook uh, on working on your career values, and it asks you exactly that to list as many as possible. I think the space for about fifty. You know, some clients would put down ten or fifteen. Some would go over forty um and then prioritize them and usually we sum sum up with the core, with the top 10 but the prioritizing bit is really hard that's the hard bit because the questionnaire asks you if i had to choose between a and b which one will i choose yeah so it's kind of forcing you to really think deeply and and prioritize and say okay well this one is even a tiny bit more but a bit more important than you know, A is then B, so that's how I'm going to
0: prioritize. Interesting. So, from that, I can then decide which ones of those have to absolutely be in my business or my um, career, and which of ones can I get from elsewhere in my life. So, I don't know. There's uh, love and connection, for example. I might not be able to get that in my career, but if I get it from elsewhere in my life, then I will still fulfill fulfilled from that holistic perspective of what you was talking about
1: absolutely that's also very important Uh, people come to me for career coaching but actually it's coaching for everything because it's inseparable we we are a holistic human beings and that's why i said we address i address my clients as as a whole person and whatever we whatever work we do on the career related stuff and values it's going to impact you know all of all other aspects of their lives So actually, more often than not, I get my clients to start incorporating in their lives the things, the hobbies, the, you know, um, activities that they really love doing, but they have forgotten about them, pushed them aside and so forth. So I get commitment from them. And that happens literally from session one or two, you know, to be doing more of what they love, taking photos, cycling, uh, playing saxophone, whatever that is, it doesn't matter because it's very important that we nourish our soul and, you know, that the the, the activities that we love, which then make us more fulfilled anyway. And then from that position, we then start building fulfillment around career. I would just say that there are like three scenarios that I encounter quite a lot in, in my work with clients. One is what I just described, you know, we will explore various options for work, could, could be setting up your business, but whatever your passions are, this is gonna be a hobby, and I just want to see you more, doing more of that. The second scenario is where the client is able to bring their passion and merge it with whatever they've been doing. There are, there are cases like that as well. And the third scenario is where the client will actually transition completely and the crux of the of their of the work, the most important sort of pillar of that is their passion. In the case when you know, in career transitions where they leave what they had been doing and move into something completely new, which is the most difficult sort of scenario, uh, but it, it's possible. It happens.
0: So yeah, the third one being the scariest of of all three, really complete change, and and yes. so how do people go through that? scenario three because I think if you can achieve scenario three then almost one and two is is easy really if you can bring yourself to think about number three so what's the kind of steps that people go through in that
1: right well I I had um, I can give you some examples of clients who transitioned Um, funnily enough they I mean they don't know each other but they both transitioned into self-employment into property development one of them already had a couple of properties managing on the side, alongside a full-time job, um, and through our exploratory work, it transpired that you know this this really was her passion, and she always had that dream of growing a portfolio of properties but for a variety of reasons of like, it's not as secure, it's risky, and, and you know, all these beliefs start bubbling up. You know, I have to provide for the family, I have kids, I have responsibilities, what if if, if it all flops? <laughs> so um, it is, you know, in that sense, it it could take longer, because there's more exploratory work to do, there's more confidence building, Needed which uh, is also achieved through networking, going out there and finding relevant people could be on LinkedIn, could be in person through meetup events, through associations, people who are in the sphere of interest into which you want to move into or industry. And also, sometimes it's the case of retraining or taking additional courses and training. So, both of these clients the other one that I wanted to mention was an IT manager for 15 years, really successful in his job, but it was soul-destroying for him. He was just saying, I really don't want to do this anymore. I just hate it. And where we started exploring, it was very broad because he didn't know what he wanted to do. Um, And the brainstorming bit is very exciting and fun, but also it can leave you a bit lost if, if there's no guidance and support. So... We, we realized that he, he, for example, liked cooking. So he loves food, he, we looked into hospitality, anything around that. Uh, on the whole, what transpired was that he liked something tangible, something to do with people and that is tangible as opposed to doing IT work, which is task and focus, uh, sorry, task and process focus. So gradually through exploration, we, we realized that it's, that's property him so he transitioned into property investment and property development starting from scratch which was scary and he did a, a course and so forth that that helped him with that so yeah these these transitions are possible but on the whole they take longer and i would encourage uh, those who are undertaking those transitions to be patient but also to persevere and to have empathy for themselves because you know you need to be you need to be your best friend really um in this process.
0: do you have to accept that you're gonna to have to put more effort in than normal as well so because you're gonna to have to keep the job at the same time you retrain absolutely absolutely, and that's the that is the most difficult bit for the
1: person I just mentioned, the i t. manager, he was in his full time job, supporting his young family, so a lot of pressure. Whilst at the same time, you know, some of the savings he had, he had to actually put into this new business. So it is about identifying the risks and also being very, I would say, level-headed in terms of how do you plan? So at these kind of a juncture like this, I get to conversations with my clients where, you know, I urge them to work out their finances to see what they've been earning, what their outgoings are, what is the cushion? In other words, how many months you and your family can survive until this picks up? Because I would never, um, ever encourage someone to just jump into things, leave their job. And as a matter of fact, on the contrary, I've had people who were like, I so hate it. I've got my resignation letter. You know, (laughs) shall I give it on Monday? And, And then I'm like, okay, well... Now that you see the light at the end of the tunnel and there is direction in which you are, you know, you're moving, you can actually give that resignation letter anytime. So why not hold up a bit more until we work out this bit? And um, yeah, so it, it's very interesting. You know, it could be a roller coaster, but if you don't take a little bit of a risk, then you know, the change is not gonna happen, as you said yourself, it doesn't happen within the comfort zone.
0: There's always a consequence to taking the action as well as a benefit, and is being consciously aware of what those two are so that you can handle it when it arises. Absolutely. Agree. So that's all about that pre bit, (laughs) that getting ready for the change, understanding what your passion is about, your values, and really what you need to get from your career or your new business. And then you mentioned this second part about the packaging, I think you referred to it as. So let's imagine we've put all that together in terms of our values. We know what we're looking for. What's some of the key top tips that you can give in terms of packaging that actually going out there and doing the change? Okay, sure.
1: Actually, there is a middle bit for those who are in career transition, which is the qualifying bit. So there is explore or unwrap your gift. Then there's qualifying your options. In other words, which way are you going to go? So for some people... Perhaps they just want a little bit of a change, but then there are those who want a complete change or are transitioning into self-employment or different industry. So in this middle bit, very briefly, this is where we analyze possibilities. This is where my recruitment experience of 20 odd years comes in handy because I will help them do research using keywords, which we have identified from all the data we extracted. I will help them analyze JDs, job descriptions, or adverts, rather. And all of that is then matched against the matrix which we built, which I called Possible uh, Career Options, where we list everything that we uncovered their skills, trends, passions, um, values, but also what it is that they want, what are their requirements, you know, salary bracket, what type of environment I want to work in. And so forth all of that transpires from the the exploratory work and then we start the brainstorming like i mentioned for for one of those clients recently where we list all different options and then we literally cross-check so you can get a visual representation of some of the best options and then we narrow down and research more through networking through online research and so on and then once the direction is clear And I would say this middle bit for business owners is more around getting clarity around, you know, what is it that their business stands for? Who is their ideal audience? Where is the market? And positioning, you know, what is their mission? And then the implementation bit or the packaging for business owners would be really around how do you um, portray that message? You know, what is it that you do? On social media, on various platforms, you know, where do you find your target audience and and so forth. For for job seekers, it would be around um, definitely working on your elevator pitch. Actually, I would say this for business owners is important as well. Um, So we would would develop career narratives, different stories based on the past experience and also extract from that their, their competencies and strengths and skills and then bring everything into an elevator pitch, which is literally one or two sentences summarizing who you are, what you are about, you know, what was your past experience, what is it that you are set to do now, which is one formula. Another formula is more purpose-driven, which um, is my elevator pitch, if you look at my LinkedIn, probably yours as well, which is about who, who are you serving and with what purpose so it's getting that clarity and then from there we develop you know more around linkedin or the cv if they're looking for employment um also applications cover letters i advise them on that and then i also do interview coaching which is very specific to whatever the client is applying for
0: yeah, that's really interesting because my students have been uh, looking for jobs etc and i was talking to him about cover letters And he's like, we don't do cover letters anymore, Dad. We don't do it. You just just upload your CV on Indeed and you just send it off. Would you advise against that kind of thing then, I'm guessing?
1: Right. Well, what was called the cover letter is probably part of the application. Or if you're sending an email, that's what you put in the body of an email. Um, It could be called a motivation statement or a motivation letter. People call it whatever these days. But... (laughs) Whenever there is an opportunity to be very specific about who you are and why you're applying for that particular role or to that particular company, I would definitely advise taking that opportunity. Otherwise, you just become a number on someone's database. You know how are you going to stand out? So that there are various ways of you know building that and finding a way to actually give that message sometimes it's the agency or a recruiter sometimes directly it will be someone at the company that is recruiting one other thing that i would add it's not only the the whole job hunting process is not just about applying online this is what a lot of people forget and they just keep shooting their cv but that in itself very rarely would give results in my experience
0: just that and i i would tend to agree that this um standing out from the crowd and being heard whether it's um like say being a business owner and an entrepreneur or applying for jobs it's very in a business owner entrepreneur world it's very easy to just throw out loads of social media posts just be another noisy voice in amongst a lot of noisy voices and not really have your story and your personality come to life and i guess in the recruitment and employment world it's very easy to just follow a process of upload a cv click send and what we're identifying here is there's a lot of opportunity to tell your story and bring your purpose and brand to life, and that people shouldn't be afraid to do so. In fact, quite the opposite.
1: Absolutely, and it's extremely important. That is really, you know, this is how you engage with your audience. It could be your customer, or it could be the recruiter that is going to give you that job, which is making, making your story more personal. I'm not, Talking here about you know telling your entire life story, but making yourself memorable, what is your what is your un- unique selling proposition? Or what is even something that you know that sets you apart? What are the skills or part of your experience that other people don't have? Or even an interest or a hobby, you know, something that could be brought in <laughs> to show more of you as a person as well as a professional.
0: Okay. So that's fascinating. And we can see from um, the conversation we just said that you've got a ton of experience. You mentioned a few years experience in the recruitment industry, but it might be worth telling people a little bit about the story about how what work came about and how you got started and became so successful.
1: Oh, thank you. <laughs> I'm on, on the way of building my success, but it's, um, it's showing, I think, through consistent effort. Right. Um, I I think like I was very fortunate in the sense that I chose an industry intuitively that was meaningful to me because uh, right out of uni and so on, I wasn't like, I, I didn't think, oh yeah, recruitment is definitely what I want to do. But when I was kind of um, faced with that option, it did make sense to me because I felt like, and it was at the time graduate and early career recruitment. I felt there was a win-win in there because I was helping those young people you know, get the first dream job. At the same time, I was helping organizations and companies source top talent. So to me, it was something really worthwhile that had meaning. Uh, Oddly enough, my first corporate job was in Tokyo, Japan. That's because I did Japanese and English at university. And at the age of 23, I think, or 24, I headed off. And uh, that was a long time ago. It was very unusual in those days. Um, but that's where I started building my corporate career. So I worked for that Japanese company for 10 years, four years in Tokyo and six years in London. Um, and I actually, once I moved to London after a year or so, I was running their European operations, relatively small, but still we were running some major recruitment events. So it was recruitment, but always through events, rather big ones and also bespoke smaller ones for, for employers. I'd say that we were at the time pioneers of cross-border recruitment or international recruitment. Um, I don't know what's going to happen with Brexit these days. (laughs) Uh, But at the time, it was, you know, you couldn't just go and work anywhere like you can now, at least in Europe. So for me, it was very interesting and it was a challenge to, you know, source top talent from around Europe so for example just I, I remember these outstanding young people um, I was doing a lot of campus recruitment and campus visits around Europe so I, I, I had some great great people from uh, Moscow State University who were doing computational cybernetics computer science at the same time they were working in labs so they had some commercial experience um, and top-end qualifications. And they were, say, fluent in English and French. So it was absolutely amazing. And they were 21, not 22 <laughs> years old, prodigies. And, for example, I placed a few of those into a tech company in France at the time or some companies in Germany. Of course, there were other placements, like in the UK companies I had big clients at the time, such as BT and Barclays or Accenture. At the time, they were called Anderson Consulting. So you can imagine that was way back. Uh, And of course we had Japanese companies, U.S. companies recruiting from Europe and vice versa. So to cut the long story short, yes, my background is in recruitment. I've then moved into other sort of uh, provider um, of recruitment services kind of businesses. Um, So I didn't work inside a huge corporation as an internal recruiter, but they were always my customers. Um, I also worked at the University of London Career Service with employers, not with students, but with employers selling and promoting various, um, I would say, products and services that were access points to, to London University graduates, nine major colleges, so that was quite interesting. Um, and then I, I moved again a couple of times. And my last employment was actually in the master's and MBA, master of business administration space, where my clients were top business schools and universities. And I was sourcing and selecting um, students, uh, MBA and Master students, or sometimes even more mature candidates for like executive MBA uh, or MBA. So this this sort of journey gave me a really good insight. I believe in in a trajectory in the life, like life progression of an individual from you know uh, university or whatever education they had, and how they moved on, and what careers they developed, or perhaps for those who took on additional qualifications or masters or MBAs. And I've seen lots of different scenarios i've seen people with great education who had great careers i've seen people with great education who didn't have good careers at all and were unhappy or just you know things unraveled i've seen people with no education have great careers or build great businesses so so this to me is fascinating and always prompted me to think okay so what are these factors that help people be successful get to be successful in what they do Of course, education is important, but it's not just that. There's so many other factors. So um, I left my full-time employment around 2012, and I explored a few things. I was still freelancing in terms of like a recruitment specialist, but I decided to, to create What Work, which is my career coaching consultancy in 2016. And that's where I brought the recruitment experience, but also... The other side of me, which is very important to me, which is my personal development work and spiritual work, which I sort of cultivated for, for many years or decades or other. And then I qualified as a coach and sort of put everything together to, to serve people, really, to, you know, to find what makes them happy.
0: So amazing story. And I think mean, if there's one phrase that springs to mind from there is that you perfectly demonstrated every kind of tip and suggestion that you just spoke about other people doing so you walk the walk as well as talk. <laughs> which which i think is vital so people know it's not just something that you've read in a book and gone i'm going to go out and do this it's a life experience and observation of and then utilizing that to help other people
1: absolutely that's true and i bring all of me into my coaching you know so it is about business and commercial experience because i ran companies as well or i was responsible for profit and loss or i did a lot of business development and sales work and i also had to you know understand the ins and outs of recruitment and so forth but i also serve my clients by you know uh being a mother you know, being um, an immigrant or a foreigner who's lived here now for 25 years, um, but also someone who's worked with cultures from all over the world, different people, different business cultures, you know, um, a lot of them in Asia, all of Europe, US, so uh, understanding the different mentalities. So I bring all of that into my coaching and, you know, use whichever bit is, is important to, to that find. Uh but I'd say in terms of um walking the talk, it is it is really important. I mean, that's one of the the main things uh that I insist on working with my clients and that is to really to be in congruence with, you know, what's important to you, what you stand for, because that is really I wouldn't say the only, but probably the most important way to to fulfill fulfillment.
0: Yeah. So clients of yours is never by the sounds of it about chasing the money.
1: Um, money is important yes we are be rewarded for what we do I would say it it really depends on the person and what what their sort of what their drivers are
0: Um,
1: and there's no I wouldn't kind of say in particular this is good or bad actually in coaching there's no good or bad right or wrong it's whatever is important to that person but I do encourage my clients to get best out of them and also equally Yes, be rewarded for, for what they do. So if, if they're setting up their own business, um, I would urge them to then be really serious about budgeting, about financial forecasting, You know what it is they want to achieve in their first year or a couple of years down the line. Because if we don't have some sort of idea or vision, then we can go any which way and get lost.
0: <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, money's vitally important <laughs> to the day-to-day, um, but it's not the starting point generally from from what I'm hearing. Absolutely,
1: yes, absolutely. And uh, I was just saying to a client literally this morning in a session, I said that when, because he said, uh, he quoted one of the, I don't know who he was, Confucius or Lao Tse, who said, um, if you love what you do, you don't work a day in your life. Um, and it's true and in that sense if we're really fulfilled and we throw ourselves completely at, at something that we love and we get really good at it and uh, we provide value to others money will come as almost as a side result it has to
0: yeah yeah the reward will come brilliant so we've covered so much in there and as always time runs um, ahead of us well Behind us, which one of those two. Um, <laughs> um, if I'm listening to this or watching this on YouTube, whichever it might be, um, you mentioned earlier a workbook which we will we'll post the links when we uh, publish this podcast into the actual descriptions as well that people can find. But I'm thinking about changing or transitioning either from a career or into a business. How do I get in touch with what work and Yelena? Sure.
1: Okay. Um, the best way would be, I think, to email me which is J-E-L-E-N-A at whatwork.co.uk. But also I'm on LinkedIn, so I would encourage everyone to connect. I share a lot of free content, useful content on LinkedIn. There's also a Facebook group called All Things Career, which again, um, you can find a lot of resources that I share. I do lives there as well share my own learnings or whatever I pick up on the way and you know conferences that I attend or where I speak um so there's there's a variety of things that you can plug into there's one other thing that I would like to share I'm happy to share the values questionnaire but recently I invested quite a lot of time and effort and some money as well into developing a career fitness quiz so it's available now and um I would love to um to share that link with with your and um it's it's really it's a fun and lighthearted yet very useful way of assessing your current situation and whether you're a business owner or someone in a job or looking for whatever your next step and um, it's it's a good tool and it will give you some results and feedback which then you can consider and you can also discuss them with me if you choose so
0: perfect what more can people ask for that's amazing yeah. Brilliant. Thank you ever so much for your time today, Elena. It's really been appreciated. I'm sure people will get a lot of value out of it um, and look forward to speaking to you again in the future. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you so much, Matt. It was a pleasure. Thank you. If you haven't already, subscribe on iTunes. And while you're there, please leave us a rating and review.